This is Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and this is Riasis here on KZSM.org with your host, Kathy Laura. And Kathy, good to have you back in the studio this week. And uh, why don't you tell us about our guest and our returning guest and uh, tell us about what we're going to be talking about tonight. Well, it's great to be back. And uh, as you mentioned, we do have a a returning guest, and we have with us this evening... uh, Ezequiel Enriquez. And so when we had Mr. Enriquez on the show, we really weren't quite able to finish our full interview, so I've invited him back. And so we are going to start off where uh, we uh, left off at our last... uh, Is it we didn't finish the interview, or he just has so much that we want to share, I think is probably it. Well, that we just couldn't cram it all it, in. It's, yes. it's, it's a little of both. So I, uh, I'm i glad that he's back. And, you know, I, I have a, a great deal of admiration for him because he's always written these uh, just fantastic pieces of, um, of writings and letters to the editor that I um, grew up reading. And, uh, you know, his letters as well as Sam Gutierrez's letters. But I don't see them very often anymore in the, in, in the paper. And so, you know, that, that's going to be something that we might be able to t- uh, touch upon a little later on. But welcome back to the show, Mr. Enriquez. Thank you. Nice to be back. <laughs> awesome. And so let's go ahead. Tell me what it is that you want to uh, start with. I kind of want to go back to, uh, uh, to the, when I was in the first grade and a little a bit of school. Um, I was trying to remember some of my classmates in the first grade, but it's after so many years, it's hard to remember who and who was in there. Um, I remember that um, I talked about our first grade teacher, Miss Trammell. Uh, she was a real mini. So, about what about what year was that when you were in in the first grade? Yeah, when when I was in the first grade, and and and. Uh, um, Mrs. Trammell was our first grade teacher, and she was a pretty mean lady, and she wouldn't let us go to the bathroom. Uh, we tried to, we didn't know too much English, so we tried to tell her we wanted, needed to go to the, uh, to the restroom, and she would say, oh, is that your best excuse? And so we thought that the bathroom was, was the best excuse. So we would ask her, we need to go to the best queues. And, 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 um, and she wouldn't let us. And I remember that I, I pooped in my pants one time. I pooped in my pants because I couldn't hold it anymore. And, and, and a lot of my classmates, a lot of my classmates, they, they peed in their clothes because she wouldn't, she wouldn't allow us to go to the bathroom. And she was a real mean old lady. Um, I was trying to re- remember some of the my classmates back then, and I kind of remember some of the girls. Um, I think Lupe Cavazos, Victoria Ramirez, uh, the twin sisters Lupe and Juana Molina. Uh, some of my classmates, uh, the boys, I think Lalo Rodriguez, Raymond Cerda, Arturo Zuniga, and I think Eloy Castañeda and Raymond Carrillo were in my class also. But it's been so long, 
and and um, I'm pretty sure that they that some of them recalled the you know our the, the, our first great experience. Uh, some of them have passed away. Uh, I know one of the uh, Molina twins. I know one of them passed away. Arturo Zuniga passed away. Raymond Serra passed away. Um, and there were some more. I just can't. I just can't uh, remember uh, who who the other ones were. And there were some other kids that 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 I went to school with. It was called back then. It was not Bonham. It was called the Southside Elementary School. And some of the uh, other kids were kind of lucky that they got teachers like Mrs. Haynes, Miss Nicola, Mr. Hernandez. Uh, Miss Nicola and Mr. Hernandez were, um, I, I guess, the only two Hispanic teachers that, you know, back then that, that, that we knew. Um, I also recall that in, in high school, in, in high school, I used to compete a lot with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, his name was Teodoro de Leon Jr., and he was one of the smartest kids, Hispanic or white. He was, he was real smart. I used to compete with him all the time and to see who would get the better grades, and he would always top me. He was a real smart guy, and the last that I heard, uh, he was in, I think, in Michigan, uh, Lansing, Michigan, Lansing, mm-hmm. and he was an attorney. He was an attorney working with the uh, federal government, I think. So he he was a real smart guy, and I always competed with him. But but um, um, I, I I chose the wrong road. <laughs> I chose the Marine Corps. And he went on to college, and you know he succeeded very well. I'm very proud of him. Uh, I saw Teodoro like uh, probably like 30, 35 years after graduation. Uh, when his dad passed away, uh, they went. They came down to the um, the old Catholic church, which was up here by Texas State. And, and and he was so so happy to see me, and, and and I was happy to see him also, and and we talked for 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 a long time, and then he went back to Michigan again, and I haven't heard from him since, but uh, but he was doing pretty well. Um, it's always good to see somebody that um, has left San Marcos and gone on to do some really, really great things. So I'm sure you must be excited, you know, excited for him and you know him being a friend of yours. And that's a name that we don't really hear anymore. Our our names for our children they're changing to because you used to have a lot of people with names like that, like Diodoro, but you don't see that hardly anymore. No, no. Um... Now they, I think most, a lot of Hispanics want to give their children English names so that they can succeed a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, I was watching this baseball player for, um, I think he played for Oregon, and I forgot his first name, but it was like an English. Mm-hmm. 
uh, it, it was an English first name, and Mercado was his last name. So a lot of Hispanic families wanted to name their kids, you know, sure. English names so they can succeed a little more. Well, I think, too, the stigma, right? I mean, when you have a, a name that uh, people can't pronounce or it's unusual, there's a lot of, um, you know, the, the bullying kind of stuff that happens, and so um, you you become a little um, a target, so to speak, right? Mm-hmm. If you have this Hispanic name that people can't pronounce or don't understand. Yes, especially my name. <laughs> Even in school, you know, the teachers couldn't pronounce my name. They would call me as a Cal, as a Qual, and my name is Ezequiel. But white people can't pronounce it, so they call me Ezekiel, and then they cut it short. They call me Zeke, so it's yeah, it, it's hard to you know, it's hard to pronounce some of the old Spanish names. Well, and even my my name, for instance, I don't think that it's very hard. But I remember when I was going to school, you know, you have your first name and then and then your last name. But they would always look at my name, and for whatever reason, they would call me Laura. They, th- that's the name that they would give me, so they assumed that my first name was Laura. And then they would say, Laura Catalina, and I'm like, no, it's, that's not how you say it. Yeah, it's Catalina. Catalina, La- <laughs> Catalina Lara. Yeah, Catalina Lara. Yeah. Um, uh, anyway, um, after, after, after high school, I decided to join the Marine Corps and said, I should have gone on to college, but I, 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 just, I, I always wanted to be a Marine since I was like four, 13, 14 years old. And um, if, if, sometimes I think, you know, if I had gone on to college and gotten a better education, I could have probably been an, an attorney also or, or maybe a doctor or something, you know. I, 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 like, I like, you know, the uh, medical profession, and I try to study up on a lot of things uh, as far as, you know, uh, medical terms and stuff like that. But I just... Uh, I just chose the wrong, the the, the wrong um, vocation. So, um, when you were in the military, uh, you, I I hear a lot of people talk about things weren't really so great for a lot of people of color in the military. Uh, did you feel suppressed? Did you ever have anybody come and say, "Look, do this, study this, and maybe you can go up a rank or think about doing these things when you leave"? So, was there ever any kind of um, uh, oh, uh, somebody who, a mentor, who would say to you, look, Zeke, do these things? Not in, not in the service, not, not, in, not in the Marine Corps. Uh, you know, we, we had our, um, um, our, our traits that we each one chose. I chose to be a firefighter. And and but there were never any mentors or or Nobody counselors, to give you good, good advice, counselors yeah. or people like that. They would say, you know, I think you should maybe uh, study this or study that. Um, they some of my peers did did um, want me to go to um, um, not Annapolis. It was it was it was it's a Marine Corps. It was a Marine Corps college. Uh, they wanted me to go and play football, 
and and and, and um, kind of study, you know, for for officer training. But I never, I said no, because he takes, you know, it, it takes too long. And I was too small. I was too small to play football. I was pretty fast, but I was too small. I was five five. And I weighed like 120, 135 pounds, so that would have killed me if I had played football in in, in, in the Marine Corps. Yeah, because some of those guys are pretty big, right? You know, when you talk about uh, weight and height. Yes, yeah. those guys are they're, they're pretty massive, big. Yeah. I don't think I could compete with them. And I wanted to play um, um, high school football, but back then we had to pay a fee. And my mother couldn't afford the fee, so and it was only like twenty five, thirty, thirty five dollars, you know, to play football. Yeah, but that was and, a lot of money back then. Yeah. Well, back then it was a lot of money. My mother couldn't afford it, so <laughs> yeah, I never played high school football. Well, see, that's something that I've never heard. I've never heard that you had. So was that to get your equipment uh, for you to play, or the the fee? What was the fee for? The fee covered insurance and oh. equipment. Mm-hmm. Um. I was going to. Um, I was going to say something about um, when you were talking about the Marine Corps uh-huh. and studying. So uh, how how long was the training course for you to go to the to the uh, school to become an officer? Well, that was. That was like a regular college. Mm-hmm. That was two and four years. Uh, that was two and four year courses uh, to become an officer. But um, I, I just, uh, I, I just, uh, I, I chose crash group firemen because it was only like three months, a three month school. I just wanted to to get a vocation and and go to my duty station. And um, and kind of like get it get it over with, you know, just so I could finish my four years. And um, but um, you know, it it it's uh, it, it it takes somebody with with a lot of dedication. And and you know, when 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 I was a kid, when we were kids, you know, we just didn't um, think. You know, we we weren't mature enough to uh, to make the correct decisions back then. Well, and I, I think, too, uh, the uh, way of thinking back then was that our kids are going to help us work in the fields. The, the emphasis on education was not there. And so if you didn't get that from your parents, you know, who didn't say, uh, let's take this educational route, um, yeah, you, you don't know. Yeah, if you don't know, you don't know. Yes, yeah, that's another thing, you know, that uh, we have to work also, you know, um, in the cotton fields and, and, and uh, go to school at the same time. And I remember that uh, when we used to go to work, you know, like in Lubbock and Plainview, and we would come back to school, and our teachers would ask, you know, well, where did you go for vacation? I said, well, we went to Plainview, we went to Lubbock. <laughs> But we never told them what we were doing. You know, we were working. We were working out in the fields. But we, we, we came back and then kind of, you know, related it a little differently, you know. Well, I think we're ready for a break. 
We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Rice's here on KCSM.org, True Community Radio. And uh, as a reminder, the views expressed on the show, those of the hosts and the guests, and not necessarily those of KCSM or SMTX area, we're going to be right back with you here on the station after we take this quick station ID break. Hey, San Martians, read any good books lately? Read any bad books lately? Any books you'll never forget? Any books you want to fling directly into the trash? Whatever you've been reading, or not reading, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. This is Free Thought Radio with co-hosts Dan Barker and Annie Laurie Gaylor. Irreverent views, news, music, and interviews. Tune in Mondays, 11 a.m. to hear Free Thought Radio right here on KZSM.org, your true community radio station. Free Thought Radio is underwritten locally by the Hill Country Freethinkers. Wait, do I hear bagpipes? No, I can't. I can't be hearing bagpipes. Not on KZSM.org. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Limey's Lass has a show on Saturdays. Celtic Corner comes on at noon. I guess I am hearing bagpipes. Oh, what a day. I can't wait to see what else she's going to play for me. And we're back with you here in the KZSM studio. Kathy, here on Riasis. Um, I, uh, before I came to the show, I was at a uh, meeting over at the public library. Uh, the Citizens Against the Smart Access Terminal were having a, a, uh, a meeting there to discuss that issue over there. But I think a lot of us, we don't really understand how important it is that, you know, we get involved in the things that are going on at both the city and the county level. I think we don't understand that it's important for us to have an avenue to our uh, representatives as well as to, you know, the city managers. And so I know that you've written a lot of letters and um, go ahead and let's let's discuss the city managers that you've um, had uh, conversations with over the years. I have I have been kind of lucky that that two or three city managers in the past have taken time for me to go to their office and talk to them and discuss issues that, you know, that things that have been happening in our neighborhoods. Um, um, Most of them have been pretty nice and listened to me. Um, uh, The only one that I did have problems with was Mr. Lumbreras. He, He would never call me or talk to me. And so I went to City Hall one time, and I confronted him um, when we, during the, uh, the, the one-minute session that we have to speak out. Citizens and I told, Citizens him, I told him, look, Mr. Lumbreras, I'm not here to ask you for you to ask me out to dinner. I'm not here to ask you to invite me to your home for dinner. I'm asking you to answer my phone calls, talk to me. And and, and and so I can discuss these issues with you. And and, and uh, he he never said a word, you know, he just kept looking down and but um he was he was you know about the only city manager that I that I couldn't relate to. I couldn't I don't know for what reason. 
but uh, they, you know, like uh, you know, we always had issues with with the um, you know with our streets before they started the project. The streets were all you know holes and bumps and everything, and no sidewalks, and we had issues with the train and all that, and and like the um, the. You know the the silent. You know the for them to stop blowing their horns. Mm-hmm. I wrote and I called the city managers. I talked to them. I, I wrote letters to the editor, and for 15 years, for 15 years mm-hmm. until they finally gave us a quiet zone, mm-hmm. and we were so happy that you know that the, the horns wouldn't blare their horns anymore. And uh, they still do every now and then, but I think they do it on purpose, you know, they, just, to, just, just to let us know that they're still there. But um, now the problem now with the uh, trains is that they stop. Yeah. You know, they block, they block Patton, you know, like for hours and hours. And, and, and I've tried to call uh, the city managers and, 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 and tell them, look, go get out there. Get out there and look. It's for yourselves because they're just in their office. They don't want to go out and, and look at things. I said, go out there and, 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 and look at stuff. Roll your sleeves up and, and, and get to work with, with the, uh, you know, with the workers. Well, and I think really Morris just turning a blind eye to it because, you know, when you're on social media like I am and like everybody else is, people are complaining, uh, oh, the train has stopped. I heard somebody say that the train at McCarty was stopped a, a couple of weeks ago for like three hours, three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I'm sure that people on staff and, and city managers and even city council people see those things because I see it. I'm, I'm sure you see it. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And then there's that whole thing about, well, they can't really do anything about it because it is the, the train. The, the deal Union with Pacific. The, yeah. <laughs> Union Pacific. So that's kind of They're like afraid they say. Of but, Union Pacific. But if you think that you have a lot of uh, residents that are upset about this, that you would try to help find a situation, even though it is the, the train station, I mean, the, the train company's issue to say, come on, let's work on something to get us some relief somewhere. Because sooner or later, we're going to have that problem. They tell us time is of the essence when we talk about our first responders. You know, they tell you time is everything. So, you know, time for, you know, if it takes one minute too late for an EMS person or the fire department, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you would think they would try to work on this. And someday, it's going to, going to be somebody in, the, in a high position that needs to get to the hospital and can't. And 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 uh, you know, like like last week, the last box car, the last box car was halfway mm-hmm. across Patton. Mm-hmm. He didn't didn't he stop right there? If he had pulled up like a hundred feet more, the arms would have gone up, and people could have kept going, you know, back and forth. Mm-hmm. But the last car was blocking. You know, the the bars were down. People couldn't cross, and that, I think that was the one that was there like for three, four hours, wow. and nobody could. They, we, we have to go all the way around to Wonder World Drive or even to City Hall, uh, which is um, um, 
Ocarina Springs Drive, or we have to go all the way down to, you know, to get to the other side. Well, and it makes it really hard because traffic is already congested as it is. And then if you have a train that stops and, you know, cuts off two major roads, right? It's that much more. But have you ever called and talked to somebody at Union Pacific? I've called them. I've called Union Pacific. They told me I can't do anything because they're too powerful. Mm -hmm. Um... uh, we have a problem, you know, with that circle at, on, on, on the Highway 35 and the access road going to Walmart. That I don't know how people have not had more accidents. I've seen people go over the curbs. I've seen people make U-turns. They don't know which way to go. And, 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 and the traffic lights are not synchronized. The traffic lights are not synchronized. They could synchronize the traffic lights to where we could have a steady flow all the way from H-E-B to Walmart, but they won't. You know, and I've called the Texas the Highway Department. There used to be a guy there, uh, Mr. Chance. He used to be the director there. I used to talk to him and, you know, try to get things, you know, working more smoothly. And but now I, I don't know who's in charge now. But when you call, nobody picks up the phone. Uh, nobody listens to you. You know, they have to listen to you to the people to see what needs to be remedied, because it's terrible, especially like at five o'clock at noon, holidays, weekends. The traffic is terrible. We, the light turns green here. By the time we get up there, it's red already. The, the, back, the line backs up to H-E-B. Well, and, and you said that, and a friend of mine and I we were going in that direction over the weekend, and um, she's not quite um, familiar with the roads over there, and so we were going towards the Walmart, and the light was green, but when she passed it, by the time we got ready to she was trying to make that right turn where that Dairy Queen is. And we had to back up because the light had already turned green and there was traffic coming this way. And she just was like, mm-hmm. yeah, panic. And, and there was a, a tractor rig coming. And I just said, just back it up. I'll tell you when to stop. But yeah, I think, and even, and that's hard for those of us that live here. So can you just imagine somebody that's not familiar with the area coming into town. There were some out-of-towners that I was watching that the other day when I was going through that intersection. And, you know, this was all made to, it was an experiment because we got money paid from the state. It's basically, they would do this for us at this reduced cost and they would, you know, do all this, but the state department, highway department, wanted to try something new and this was something that we were an experiment and and we bit that apple in a really bad way no we keep doing it too (laughs) it's all these experiments that we have and do you want to take a break we're we got about a minute and then we can take a break so let's uh, you're listening kzsm.org true community radio san marcus texas and we'll be right back with you here on riasis do you love listening to great music Are you interested in topics that can blow your mind? Do you like having a good time when listening to the radio? If so, then listen to Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 till noon. Into the Gray is a public interest radio program we can all enjoy. That's Into the Gray, Friday mornings, 10 a.m. until noon on kzsm.org. 
in San Marcos, Texas. Welcome, San Marcos, Texas, and KZSM listeners all over the world. This is the Metal Mark Live Show. Every Thursday night from 10 p.m. to midnight, the godson of heavy metals, Brini, the old school and the new metal, back to the world of radio. So get involved with San Marcos Community Radio. Help us out with some donations. Keep the lights on. And tell a friend. KZSM. Hi, this is Steve Chelmsford reminding everyone to catch my show, The Mop Tops and the King, featuring an hour of the greatest two artists in the history of rock and roll, Elvis and the Beatles. Every Monday evening at 9 p.m. right here on KZSM. San Marcos Community Radio. And coming up tomorrow night, we've got the 600th episode of uh, Mop Top and the Kings. No, it hasn't been 600 here on the station. We came in a few years after he had started, but uh, some great collaborative that we do with uh, uh, Steve Chelmsford out of uh, Chelmsford over in uh uh, near Boston. And uh, so he's going to be catch that tomorrow night for the 600th episode. Back here to Riasis with Kathy Laura. So I, I want to ask you this question because, you know, I, you know, too have had um, numerous people that I have had to talk to at the city, you know, starting all the way from the bottom all the way to the top. Um, how, how do you think residents or someone like yourself perceives um, the employees that work for the city, do, do you see them that, you know, in a positive way that they try to help you to solve the issues that you have? Or how, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you see them, your perception? I see the, uh, I think a lot of workers, they, they know me already. They, they know that I'm the one that's always complaining, you know, and, oh, <coughs> excuse me. What I don't like to see is, you know, like when 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 um, they're just riding around in their pickups and doing nothing. They're just riding around, and they all want new pickups. All the city staff, they all want new cars. The police, they all want new cars. The 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 the, the, the fire chief, he wants all the best equipment. Uh, and not one time, a couple of times, I've seen like. Maybe one guy working in a hole, digging the hole, and there's like six, seven guys standing around just with their hands on their shovels, just looking and looking, not doing anything. The same with the police. There's a little fender bender. There's like five cars, six cars, ambulance and everything. I think the chief tells them, I want all of you responding so that the people can see that we're doing something. They're not doing nothing. They, they, you know, the police chief could send people to different, you know, stop signal lights, um, traffic lights, or, or intersections, and give tickets to people that pass red lights or don't stop or speeding. They could be doing a lot of things besides all five, six cars ganged up on, 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 on one little fender bender. And and, 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 and and like two or three fire trucks. And I think it's the EMS duty if anybody gets injured. I know that the fire, 
the firemen, they get there first and they try to help the injured and all that. But I think it's the EMS duty to do that. And, 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 and maybe one fire truck, truck would suffice instead of sending two, three fire trucks, four, three, four ambulances, seven or eight police cars for nothing, a little fender bender. I know that sometimes on the highway there are tragic accidents. Um, I remember one gravel truck that killed, he got killed, I think, and killed several people. And, and they closed the highway down for a while, but a lot of times it's only minor fender benders and they'll close like two lanes. You know, they're close like two lanes, and then that makes the traffic on the highway even worse because they only need to, you know, want to close one lane or even, you know, drop, um, pull the, 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 the ones involved in the accident, put them on the shoulder, and, 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 and let the traffic flow. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they, they block the two lanes and they only would leave one lane and it, the traffic is backed all the way to New Braunfels, all the way to Kyle. And, you know, it's... Um, and, and we seem to be having a, a, a bigger problem now with, with the traffic uh, last week and the week before. The traffic was backed up at our house all the way from Wonder World Drive, almost hitting uh, Bishop Street. And I, I don't know what happened over in that area, but it doesn't take much to congest our roads. And so now we've compiled, you know, the traffic that we have now, and school's not even here. So what's going to happen when we have all the kids back? And now they're talking about this massive industrial complex and all this additional traffic that's going to be coming in. I can just, I can, you, you're going to have a lot of complaining uh, that you're going to keep doing. <laughs> and, and the police chief wants some more policemen. And the fire chief wants some more firemen for what? When was the last major fire that you remember? I don't, you were probably seven, eight years old, but the last major fire that I saw, I think was either Tuttle Lumber Company or San Marcos Lumber Company. It was on LBJ. It was a lumber company on LBJ. That one caught that burn, you know. Uh, it was like 11 o'clock at night, and, and there was a lot of, you know, fire trucks. Well, I remember the uh, over uh, off of Cheatham Street at the uh, uh, where the pet store and the feed store was mm-hmm. at when that burnt. That was a major one that I remember downtown, but that's probably the oh, last. Yes. That was probably the last one I remember down there. Yes, in there. that was a... Um, uh, a grain, what do you call it? A grain where they sell grain and seeds. Yeah, it was a seed. Yeah, it was across a, by the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that that was that was like what, like ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then and and then besides the lumber company, on the other side was a warehouse. That one caught on fire also like thirty years ago, and there was a lot of fire trucks. And but those were major fires. Now. Well, and yeah, and I think uh, when you talk about major, you know, we'll see this, uh, you know, one story structure fire. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's that's something major to the person whose house is burning down. But I think at the scale that you're talking about, but I think that as we grow and we start to see these high rises that are coming up, it won't be too long before we have probably a massive fire like that. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, we, we hope it doesn't happen, but as they continue to try to sell downtown San Marcos is what, you know, we see the push for now. 
um, you know, what's going to happen to our landscape now. And, yeah, so. Right after my neighbor's house burned down, uh, when his, with my neighbor's house burned down, uh, there were like four or five fire trucks, uh, like five, six, seven police cars, like two ambulances, a bunch of emergency vehicles. And me and, and, and our neighbor were trying to put out the fire with our hoses. How's that? Yeah. Isn't that... <laughs> Timing that we have here in the station. <laughs> and, 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 and right like a couple of weeks after that fire, I mean, they were put. They put it out in five minutes. In five minutes, they put it out. But those those emergency workers, they stayed there the whole day, just shooting the bull, <laughs> getting paid. And, and 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 like like two three weeks later, their neighbor, um, her stove caught on fire. There were two fire trucks wow. just to put out a little stove fire. I mean that's. I wanted to. I wanted to um, talk about last week. Uh, last week, uh, one of my neighbors' grandsons. Um, um, uh, there, there were some, some, some. I guess undercover police. There were like five. There were like three or four pickups, maybe two cars, and 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 and, and all the pickups. They had like regular license plates. I thought by law they had to have plates that that are uh, you know assigned to cities that or or the cars are marked so that I think it's a law that they have to mark their their cars so we can know that they're uh, law enforcement or whatever. There was like five guys, and they all had their automatic rifle weapons drawn, all of them. And, and, and the guy, the, the kid was lucky. He came out. And this is in Victory Gardens? Victory Gardens, yeah. The, the, the Esquivel. The Esquivel. Uh-huh. Um, um, right there in the corner, by the corner. Really? But right next by the, to by the, the, uh, the grocery store. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and, and, and they all had their automatic weapons drawn. Uh, and I got close. I got. I, I, I wasn't going to let them kill him. I was going to. I was going to intervene and mm-hmm. tell him, "Hey, you better not kill him, man." But luckily, the kid he lay down, and they uh, they swarmed over him, you know, and handcuffed him and everything, and, and dragged them to one of their pickups. And then the, they were kind of looking at me, but you know, I have to document everything that I see. And because you know how these police are now just killing the kids for nothing, you know they run or something, they shoot them, and uh, and I was watching, watching the whole thing, watching to make sure that they wouldn't shoot them. And uh, they they, find, they they got him. You know he came out, he came out right away, and he surrendered. You know he got on the ground and they put the handcuffs and and hauled him off. And then when the police took off, they 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 passed by me. You know looking at me and one of them stopped they didn't tell me nothing you know but they just stopped and looked at me and they, they knew that I was watching them to see what they were going to do uh, with a poor kid but I hit them, you know we were lucky that nobody got shot or killed or anything but you know it's so why do, you, why do you think law enforcement, you know, because we, we see it on television, we hear about it in, in a lot of the smaller towns and now even in our own, 
Why do you think law enforcement has gotten such a such a bad uh, rap for 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 things like that? And uh, I I don't know. And I I think you know you have to have these experiences right in order to be able to talk and. I remember there was an accident that happened at, at Jack's Roadhouse right in front. A car hit a gentleman who was on a motorcycle. And um, I, I just happened to be sitting out on that deck. And so I took my, my camera out and I was kind of filming to see what was going to happen. I didn't know if the person who hit the, the young man in the motorcycle had been drinking. I didn't know if, if, if the motorcycle, the young man on the motorcycle had been drinking. But I, I am not certainly interfering in anything, and I'm about 100 yards, yards away, and I see a police officer. He turns around, and he sees me, and he comes over, and he says to me, I don't know what you're doing, but you need to stop. And I, I said to him, I said, uh, excuse me, sir. I said, I'm not in, in interfering in anything. I'm not causing a scene. I am just, you know, being a citizen who's being cautious about what's going on over there. And so then he says to me, well, you know, I'm just telling you because I want to protect the um, the identity of these people. And so I said, well, you know, that that's okay, but maybe that's kind of what you need to say. You just don't come and you say, don't do that. I said, mm -hmm. but I think that I, I'm not interfering. I'm on, on somebody's property here. And so I think I'm just going to continue to do what I'm doing. And then he kind of just stopped at that and turned around and walked away. So I, I, don't, I don't know why sometimes the police, they, they, they do things like this, because I most certainly didn't feel like like he should stop what he was doing to come to talk to me, because I'm like way over here. So why do you think it is that sometimes the, the, the police officers um, have this train of thought to, mm -hmm. to, to do things like that? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that they, they just want, they don't want any witnesses. <laughs> They don't want any witnesses to see them doing something wrong. That's why they'll give you any excuse that oh, I don't. We're protecting their identity. We have we have a right. We have a right to get as close as maybe I think it's ten or twenty feet, and don't get any closer. Don't we don't interfere with what they're doing? As long as we don't interfere, we can sit out here and take pictures. And they should know by now that there's always somebody watching them. Always somebody documenting whatever they're doing. They should know by now, but it, it's the mentality that they have. They, they, they think they're 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 mean. They're so mean. They they just want to try to teach the um, the, the guy doing something wrong. They just want to teach him a lesson. Awesome. They want to kick his butt. They want to kill him. They want to shoot him. They want to. You know, just teach him a lesson. Don't do that again, man, because we're, you know, we're the police. You know, nobody can do nothing to us because we're the police. That's, that's not right. So then just the, the excessive force, right? Because I think sometimes, too, it's really hard if I put myself in the shoes of a police officer. I don't know what somebody's intent is. I don't know if somebody's going to try to run. I don't know if somebody's going to try to harm me. So I think there's just that fine line there, right? And I mean, because mm -hmm. you, you never, you never will know what somebody's intent is. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's, it's, it's really hard as a police officer if I put myself in their shoes, um, to think what somebody else is going to do. But on the same token, um, I mean, even though you've done something wrong, or, or maybe you haven't, that the police officer have some type of courtesy that they should give you. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we do need police. We do need police. You know, there's a lot of good police. They, they do their jobs properly. And, 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 and we know that most of, them, most of them or a lot of them are trying to do things right, mm-hmm. the right way. But you have those, those bad apples, you know, that so do you, do you think it's mean. just? Do you think it's in the train, or do you, do you think that it's just like a, pers- a personality thing? It's or? in their training, their mentality. That you know, when they go to training, they're trained to, uh, that you know that um, they, they they have to they they have to show their superiority, you know, to 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 the uh, criminal. But sometimes, you know, like you said, we don't know what they did wrong. Maybe they did nothing wrong, and 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 and, and, and because a lot of times the the, the police make mistakes. A lot of times they, they, they kill the wrong persons. A lot of times they shoot the wrong persons, you know. And, and uh, But they should know by now that there's always somebody watching. Well, and, and I think we're seeing some of that in, in here here in town, right, because there's, there's this talk about, um, and luckily I haven't been subject to it, about the excessive force that some members of our local police department have done, and now we're seeing it in these lawsuits that have come, and now the city's having to pay. So hopefully there'll be some type of shift in in the way that that the police department handles um, things mm-hmm. like this. So are we ready for a break? We're ready for a break. And you're listening to Crisis here on KCSM. We'll be right back with you. Hello there. I'm Salwa Khan. On the next Mothering Earth, we'll find out what it takes to become a citizen scientist, the kinds of exciting programs you can work on, and why citizen science is so important. Mothering Earth is your source for sustainable living news, and it's on KZSM, True Community Radio, 11 a.m. on the second and fourth Tuesdays of the month. Thank you for listening to KZSM. I'm Marianne Reese, host of Senior Centric, a program designed for and around us seniors. My intent is to tweak your caring about yourself, others, and our world, as well as the curiosity to know and learn more. Hope you'll join me on Senior Centric first Thursdays of each month from 2 to 3 o'clock on KZSM. If you'd like to contact me, do so at lifelonglearningsmgmail.com. Hey everyone, I'm Diesel D, co-host of KZSM's Veterans Hour. Every week on Mondays at 3 p.m., join me and my trusty sidekick, Steady Steve, as we pontificate and navigate through various issues relating to those who have served and those who have served those who served. From resources and history to our weekly Ask a Vet portion, we sit at the front window and watch the world go by, and we chat about all things fun, funky, and infuriating. Join me, Diesel D, and Steady Steve every Monday at 3 p.m. for Veterans Hour. We'll see you on the flip side. And it's actually Sunday. I thought we had that one updated, but uh, kzsm.org, True Community Radio. You're listening to Riasis here every Sunday night from 7 until 8 o'clock. Kathy? Uh, you know, we, we mentioned earlier about your letters to, to the editor and you know, I know you're you're not you don't wake up in the mornings and you say, oh, I'm going to write a letter to harass the you know the city city manager or the police chief. Um, what is your your drive when you write a letter? I mean, the issues that at hand that make you write a letter. Um, usually, I think you know, like 
I, 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 I have it in my mind, you know, days before. Um, I, I'm always fighting for justice. Um, you know that uh, what's what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Uh, you know, I, I try to 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 get the city or or whoever to see that you know things that they're doing wrong. Um, I, I'm always going to be on, on 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 try try to be on the side of justice uh, to to make sure that the things are done right and properly. I always think. You know, like if I see some somebody, a city, do something wrong, you know, I'm going to bring it bring it up. It could conserve um, money, right? Because sometimes we see that they don't always take care of the, the financial resources in the right way. Overspending on things that we don't need or mistakes that, that should not have been made that were made. Now they have to come back and, and fix them. The yes. fiscal responsibility. Yes, sometimes I write about you know the, you know the city squandering our money, and 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 um, um, you know misapplying it. You know, like they'll help the white neighborhoods and they'll neglect our Hispanic neighborhoods. Uh, that's not equality, you know. So those are the things that I kind of look look at. And, and and I think about them, and, and I go home and I write I write little notes, and like you know like right now, uh, last week two weeks ago there was a letter in the editor. This guy, uh, he was praising the uh, uh, he was praising the uh, you know Memorial Day veterans who gave up their lives, and he um, and he was writing about you know that we have to. That they died, so we could we we could have that freedom of freedom of speech, freedom of, freedom of the press, um, um, the, our First Amendment rights, and for us to use them. And and I just wrote a letter to the Austin American. I said and I told him, look, you know, uh, this guy in San Marcos wrote this letter to the San Marcos Daily Record. Um, ironically, unfortunately, my voice. And my First Amendment rights have been quelled by the new publisher and the new editor. According to them, according to the publisher, he told me that my letters are too libelous and too slanderous. And I told him, look, I've been writing letters for over 40 years for five different cities. I've written letters to the New York Times. the Houston Chronicle, the Dallas Morning News, San Antonio Express, Austin American, uh, San Antonio Light, the Wall Street Journal. I've written letters all over the place. And after 40 years, and you're telling me that my letters are too libelous and then and, and too slanderous. <laughs> I'm only if, bringing things out that are, you know, that uh, need to be known. But but if you're writing an opinion piece that's on yes. you, that doesn't reflect on, on the newspaper. Is that correct, Rob? It's kind of like when you get up here and you say the opinion is ours, not necessarily right. the radio station. So so that's kind of funny that he's going to try to say that to you, that that you know that that's not the case. Well, they, they, I think what he was, the, the new publisher of the San Marcos Record, I think what he was trying to tell me was that they're afraid to get sued mm-hmm. because of my letters. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's only an opinion. That's my opinion. 
we have a right, a First Amendment right, to voice our opinions, to, to say whatever we want, to write whatever we want to, unless, unless you know, we're... We, you know we're really getting out of out of line. You know, and it's not true what we're saying. Right. But the, the everything fact, that fact. I say, I can back up. I told them everything, every everything that I write, I, I can back up. So uh, there's going to be no more no more letters to the editor for me, and and then no more no more some markers record for me <laughs> well you, you can write a farewell piece to them well and you can always come on kcsm we will always give you a voice here and i think that's the thing that bothers me that when i hear this is that we are as a media as an outlet we have a responsibility to the community to allow those voices to be heard and no, there is no libel. There is no, you're not going to get sued for, for writing something in there. I think that was all BS. Excuse me. And, and, yeah. and, and, and a lot of people are afraid. A lot of people do not want to express their opinions because they're going to pay later. I have paid. I have paid dearly. Uh, I was a builder, a carpenter. I went to Austin Community College. I got my certificate in, in, you know, in building trades. But when I, you know, when I applied to build a house for somebody or, or a business, and they would ask me, uh, "Are you the letter writer?" and I would say yes, they, I would hear from them no more. I, I lost a lot of businesses. Uh, I, I got castigated a lot because of my letter writing. A lot of people are afraid. You know, they don't want they don't want their opinions on, in the newspaper. And a lot of a lot of them tell me, Zeke, can you write this for me? You know, uh, you know, this is they're doing this wrong, and they're doing this wrong. I said, uh, okay, I'll look at it and, and see what I can do. And I might bring it up later in one of my letters, you know, that they're, the, whatever they're, you know, these people wanted me to write. Mm -hmm. But, but. Um, well, and, it, and it's an unfortunate thing. And I think sometimes people, it's kind of like what you're saying. They don't want to write the letter because they're afraid that, that um, it's going to affect them. Right. Yes, yes. And so I think that's the thing. But somebody has to, to stand on that cliff and say, I'm going to do it regardless. Right. Because. I think what kind of life are you, are are you leading if you can't follow your heart and say the things that you need to say, especially if it's um, in the vein of justice, right? To try mm -hmm. to get justice for somebody, mm -hmm. or to 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 have somebody look at this and say this is not right what you're doing, because ultimately we're all here to look after each other. And some people that you know they they want to climb that that mountain and be on top and. Um, they do things to harm people, and you know if nobody's going to call them out on it, then it's just going to continue to happen. I have two friends, my friend Ruben Gutierrez and James Bryant. Excuse me. They used to write letters to the editor, but now they, the, their letters are not published anymore either. And I've noticed that I've noticed that that the San Marcos record, you know, they um, most. It's only four pages. It's not even worth a dollar. <laughs> the sports section sucks. You know, it's it, it, it's a in the sports section. You know, the sports are like two, three days later when everything is passed. And 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 um, the, the, you know, these people. Uh, I've noticed that most of the articles are about white 
you know, white up white people's, you know, uh, yard of the month or 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 this this family this. Now, they they this. really don't report too much, right? It's all and it's all fluff now. They will do something like June the tenth, you know, mm-hmm. the, cele- the the black people mm-hmm. celebrating, or maybe a Cinco de Mayo every now and then. Yeah. But most of the articles, most of the things are for white people. people. Very few things about Hispanics, you know, what you know, the businesses, or they did this right, or or this, sure. you know. The very, the very little about Hispanics there. and blacks. So we're we're almost out of time. So well, I'm glad. You know, look at we did a second show and we still didn't have enough time. <laughs> but you know, we'll, we'll, we welcome you to come back to the show. So I think we're going to sign off. And I don't think that they have any any Hispanic writers mm-hmm. at the record. I don't think they have any Hispanic or black writers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you can always come back here on Racist at any time. And, uh, you know, this is we, we like to be the voice of the community. I'm sorry. I, I tend to agree with you on uh, the way that we're going. But uh, we will be back again next week. Well, uh, it's Father's Day. Oh, no, next week yeah. we will not because for Father's Day. Or we yeah, are... I think, but we have on the 25th, James Bryant is going to be on the show. So we always yes. try to include, uh, because we're inclusive here. So with the Juneteenth, we're going to have Mr. Bryant come on. He's got a, a lot of really wonderful stories to tell us. We're going to talk about his time as a merchant marine. I really want to hear that. So tune in to hear Mr. Bryant. He's He's got a really, really good track record here in San Marcos. He's set on um, school board and all right, and uh, thank you, guest, and, uh, or, and well, thank you. We look forward to having you back. Thank you very much. All right, and uh, y- y'all have a good evening and a safe week. Mm-hmm.